What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Rideshare Rodeo, Uber Lyft driver and gig economy news. Sponsored by Middleton Technologies Maximo. I'm your host, SJ, and it's time to get it on. Welcome back, everybody, to another week of Rideshare Rodeo. A lot going on this week. Got the podcast dropped today. Um, did a tax piece last night. Uh, came out a little crunchy. Um, so I'm not sure if I can save that file or not. Uh, I did do a live brew, too, that I'm not sure how long I'll leave it public on uh, YouTube. But it is up there now. It's It says, Let's Brew Some Beer. It's on my YouTube channel. Um and it's just a, a video I'm trying to put together, but I did a live stream about it. Um, anyway, uh, this week, um, we're going to talk about a subject that um, I ran into last week. And uh, I'm going to bring Ron on from Entree Courier to help me discuss it. Um uh, it's big and it's DoorDash related and it's uh but it could be all gig related. So we'll bring Ron on and we'll we'll get into that. Um this what else do we have going on this week? On uh Rideshare Rodeo uh YouTube Wednesday, we have a live QA with Bryant Greening, the CEO and founder of Legal Rideshare. I will be bringing that to the podcast on Friday as the Friday book as the Friday podcast. Um, we also have the Thursday Night Live roundtable this week with Jason Pease from Idaho. And then my panel is Gary Middleton from Middleton Tech, Hannibal Darby from Hannibal is Hungry, and myself. And uh, we will have Jason Pease from up in Idaho. Great gig worker, great guy, um, lots of stories and uh, lots of uniqueness to what he does So, um, or what he has done. So he's, uh, he's always uh, been a good person that I like to talk to and uh, a friend and just kind of, you know, be like, wow, you did that? So he's, he's cool. I, I, like, I like that dude. And I always like having him on the show. This will be fun on the round table. And then on Friday, um, the other bo- podcast will drop. Um, hopefully with the legal rideshare piece. And then on Friday night from 5 to 7 is TNC Radio Live. And that's the week. It's pretty busy um, on top of keeping up with Uber Lyft drivers. So, okay, guys. Um, Middleton Tech? Come on, Middleton Tech. Flex alert. If you're, if you're, if you're driving for, for, for Amazon Flex... Okay, you need Flex Alert. I know that you guys get sore fingers from smacking the phone. Don't do that anymore. Get Flex Alert. Go check it out at at, at uh, MiddletonTech.com. Um, there's only three links there. You land on the landing page. You can learn a little bit about them. They've got a blog link, and then they've got the apps link. You can learn about all the apps from there, and they might like 
you know, like Maximo might even take you to a different site to learn even more. So, but you can get the general knowledge of it. So if you if you drive for Amazon, Amazon Flex is needed because it just it just touches those until you get them, so you don't have to sit there and beat your finger up and beat your phone up. Um, the driver utility helper is for DoorDashers to customize what they want in trips, how they want to earn, how they want to earn in their market. Do they live in a rural area? Do they live in a very smashed together uh, city with tons of people living on top of each other? To each his own on how they want to earn, on what length of trips they're looking for, on what amounts they want to make, all those kind of filters. So check out the Middleton app. Um, DUH is, is great for dashers. But I want to bring you to the one that I promote the most, as Gary is a sponsor of the show, um, is Maximo. Maximo, people. That's for Uber, Lyft, Uber Eats, and DoorDash. All your filters can be set through for those through Maximo. You can set how long you want to take rides, you know, how much you want to make. Um, the, the, the list of filters on the apps is way too long for me to just sit here and rattle them off. But you can you can get in there, and with Maximo, you get a 15-free-day trial. And after that, it's only $4.99 a month or $49.99 a year. And uh, I think that if you do any of those platforms, if you work Uber, Lyft, Uber Eats, or Grubhub, or multiple or all of them, um, you absolutely need Maximo. So here's what, here's my challenge to you. Download Maximo. Try it. Try it for the 15 days. I, I'm guessing you guys will stick with it. You'll see the value in it and how it helps you earn a lot better, work a lot smarter, and not be so frazzled by the apps. I don't know how else to put it, but those apps are meant to confuse you or to, to make you think you need to take something. Or And I know we get better and better and better at it, but they also learn things about people like that with time you get tired. So if you've been working for five hours, they might learn that you're a little more susceptible to a bad order. Well, why not just filter them out? You know, just don't even, don't even let your brain have to decide that. You just do the work. Let, let the, let, let Middleton's app deal with the platform's app. And you, you, tell the, you tell Middleton's app, Maximo, what you want. And then let, let Maximo deal with Uber, Lyft, Uber Eats, or Grubhub. Once you've set your parameters, it will deal with them. And auto accept and decline. Auto accept and decline is huge. Kind of a hands-free life. Okay, um, I'm going to jump into the piece with Ron here. Um, it's kind of a big deal about DoorDash, and uh, I'll come back on the other side. First, I want to introduce Ron, if you don't know him. This is uh, Ron from Entree Courier. Um, if you're not familiar with his work, um, make sure to check out the show notes because there's a link. This is uh, Ron from Entree Courier. Oops. Uh, Ooh, that on, that's on me. <laughs> but uh, if you're not familiar with his work, go to entrecourier.com. He does a lot of uh, great articles. He's been a podcaster like me, and we're both in the Denver area. So we kind of tag-teamed this back and forth with a lot of information quickly. Hopefully, we'll uh, sort through some things today, and uh, we'll see where it lands. I don't, <laughs> I don't really know. Um, so, I mean, the, the way that I ended the, the piece yesterday was, 
or titled it was are dashers already employees i mean obviously you know no in every state but um let's see uh so this ron do you think this started over doordash not paying drivers what they owed them for the deactivation that's what this was there was one particular driver that as i read through the opinion here um, that we'll be talking about. Uh, that's that's basically what it was. Was his last week after he got deactivated, they didn't pay him the last part, right? And so he went to the Department of Labor over that, and and basically it was kind of like DoorDash's argument was, well, hey, you guys don't have any jurisdiction here because this is an independent contractor. So they looked at all the uh, the points and went back and forth with the driver, went back and forth with DoorDash, and then finally issued a ruling in July that, uh, yes, this person was an employee. Yes, they do have jurisdiction. And yes, DoorDash owes him that money, which they did anyway. And, you know, and part of the problem was DoorDash being DoorDash. Yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, that's all that always seems to, I mean, you can always pick on DoorDash all day, but this is a different type of picking on them. I mean, like you and I were throwing things back and forth yesterday about how just the CDL, the Colorado Department of Labor and Employment, just mm -hmm. just devoured DoorDash. They did. I mean, I've really never seen that much language that really only dashers use. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like they were referring top dasher, this, that. I mean, they were... They were hitting on everything as points. They, let's see what what else did they do? They did a um, top dasher. Uh, um, uh, yeah, they they went through a lot of the things in the this. contract. A lot of the things in their. Sorry, in, guys, uh, I have a ton of notes. <laughs> DoorDash's uh, um, help pages and uh, hidden tips, contract violations. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, they they went to town on them in this. I've never really seen a document that, and in fact, I can't remember what your exact comment to me yesterday was, but it was it was something like, I never thought I'd find so much fun finding reading one of these documents. I know. It it was crazy. It was just <laughs> like um yeah, they just they just raked DoorDash over the coals. And 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 the problem with this is for those of us who want to be independent contractors is that a lot of the ruling makes sense even in things that we don't dispute. Um, and here's the thing probably just to kind of set the stage for a lot of people that maybe don't realize. I don't know how many people know what's going on with this, but uh, Colorado Department of Labor had a ruling that a DoorDash driver was an employee. And uh, they issued this ruling back in July. And for some reason, it has stayed under the radar, which is really weird. Um, I don't know well, if you've got any insight into why. Well, yeah. So is. this is this is what I, I mean. I, I was throwing this around my head all last night. It was actually bugging me. So I think it's just I, I, I had to put it in terms of like California and the way that AB5 happened. But that we're, we're Colorado. We're much different than California. Sure. <laughs> You know, like, I don't know. I just, I, even if like, you know, if you no no politicians are great, nothing's, but Colorado's a pretty fair state, I think, when mm -hmm. it comes to how we do things. Like, I would say that. But um, I feel like it's like everybody that, you know, like this guy came in, 
And then these people said, oh, we can do, use this for AB5 launch and then type legislation. Then these people came in and said, wait, no, we're not going to want that. And the, I think maybe it was just all such a mess that they instantly caught it and said, no, 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 no. We're going to sweep all this away. Everybody shut up. Maybe. Take your money. If As long as this guy doesn't go and cause problems. Right. Hopefully nobody like Ron and Steve are going to have a, a podcast about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we might be shooting ourselves in the foot talking about this thing. I don't care. It's important, you know. It is. It's if that's if um, that's what happens, is there's some if if you know, if I if there's some flack to be caught, okay. I mean, this is the world we live in, is things have to be brought out. Well, it is, and it's such a crazy issue going on right now because there are you know, there's really two big things going on. You know, one is, is the ABC test the appropriate test? You know, and you and I agree that it's not. This was the I, test I, that was not only is California. it not appropriate, it's not appropriate for anything. Yeah. I mean, if you guys and, aren't familiar with the ABC test, um, I'll also, I'm going to include that all of my show notes from here that we're talking about, I'm going to put in the show notes. And then I'm also going to put like links to the ABC test and some of the like links that we that we found some of this stuff on. So, and that we were researching through. In case you want to go through it, some of it's really really long, um, and just leads you down different holes into other things. But um, hopefully, we'll cover it. But the ABC test basically has three prongs: the A and the C prong. You can pass, no problem. Mm, but you know but, what? They did not pass either one of the tests. When what you, do you read mean? the ruling, yeah, right, they, right, right. Well, they, and I mean, I mean, it, in the California true sense of the ABC test, yeah, the way it's out, you can pass A and C. Well, and that was the thing, though, was that uh, those, you know, the the wording was actually very, very similar to California, and you know, they went through, and the A test was basically, does the contracting company control the work of the contractor? And uh, the Colorado Department of Labor said, yes, they are controlling the work. So they failed on that one. The, the B test, is the work the same type of work as what the company does? And, right. you know, and they said, nope. You know, you guys passed, you guys lost on that one too. You're doing, and, we're doing the same. And real, work and real quick, though, I, I got to add this. And this is, the, this is the B prong that he's talking about is the one that has held everybody up. This is what killed yep. independent contractors like I've done with with people out of the gig economy even who have had businesses for 30 years it's that b prong that killed them they all of a sudden they nobody could pass it yep and then the third test the c test is did you already have an established business that was doing the work that you're doing the contract for and uh, is it did, did you already have or is it do you have well and yeah, and that's I think that's open for interpretation. Uh, but the way they word it, I think there's a part of it where you could say, yes, you're already operating a business. And since you're operating a business, you decided to contract with this other business in a B2B type of relationship. And I think that's one of the areas where, especially with the way these companies recruit and they put out ads that look just like an employment ad. And then it's like, oh, by the way, you're actually running a business now. You know, I think that they're going to have a trouble. I think in any state that uses that test as well, they'll have a tough time passing that one as well. And they lost on all three points. I mean, the uh, the CDLA rule that um, that 
you know, DoorDash lost on all three points. And part of it was because DoorDash was extremely arrogant in the way that they went about their responses. But, um, you know, and, and, and I think, but that's the question is, you know, one is the ABC test. Right. And I think there's definitely an issue with that. Uh, but the second one is how much are gig economy companies overstepping what, um, how much are they overstepping the control that they're supposed to have over independent contractors? You know, how much are they still trying to get us to be like employees, even though we're contractors? And, uh, you know, and I think, I think the control issue is, is a huge problem right now with a lot of these companies and the way they do things. But I don't think that saying that we have to be employees is the answer either. There's got to be a way to police that control. Yeah, let me let me let me let me let me redefine too because I don't think you're familiar, Ron. With there's a thing on YouTube where a lot of YouTube creators have uh, been debating the control issue here lately. Sure, (laughs) and it's really gotten heated back and forth sometimes. So by control, I mean obviously you have control to just turn the app off. Bottom line, you have the control. It's that they've put control mechanisms in to try and to try and stage control. Yeah. That's the best way I can say it. Yeah. Um, And I think, you know, the way that we run our business, you know, the way that you and I both go about things, we make our own decisions. We decide, you know, what we're going to take, what we're not going to take. And I believe that we do set our price. Even, um, we can't negotiate the rate, but we can determine whether or not a delivery offer sets our price. And I don't even think setting your price is is a legitimate test because there's a lot of business types that you can't set your price. Right. You know, yeah, you yeah. and I both work with advertising. Yes. We can't set the prices that the advertisers give us. No. Uh, if you sell something on commission, you can't you can't set your price. Right. You know, you just you just get a commission. You know, so there's all sorts of things like that that you can't set your price. And I think if you, in a lot if of you ways, work, I mean, oddly, it's a little it's a little bit of a reach. But if you work a salary mm-hmm. job and they use you for extra hours. You can't set your price. And by that, I mean like sure. you, if you've taken your salary into account as a 40-hour week and now they got you working 50-hour weeks, you have to re-figure out what your salary really is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's all kinds there's of methods a lot of things about that. And, you know, so I think as far as things go, you can run your business in a way that um, you can run your business in a way that you've got control. And yeah. You know, so so in that that regard, I think as a gig economy worker, I don't think we're controlled. Uh, but there's a lot of shady crap that these guys do that try and control you. Or what they try and do is they try, I think what it is is they kind of try and trick you into controlling you, you know. Right. So things like you know, okay, top dashers, kind of close, but you know, the, the the biggest issue is you know the way that they hold uh, deactivation over a lot of people's heads. Hey, uh, uh, what's up, Gary Middleton? What's up, Kevin? What's up, Driven Dad? What's up, William? Hey, William, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, let us just hit on a couple other things first. Uh, like this, this comment just kills me. We are not a good delivery company, DoorDash. Oh, we are not a food delivery company. Yeah. I think I think I said it. You know, but what what oh, the that heck? was my typo. <laughs> what the heck? You know? Yeah. I mean, we already watched this platform thing not work. 
We're a tech platform. Come on, guys. Yep. Well, and that's, you know, and that was basically the reason that all these companies do this. You know, uh, Uber tries to tell you that they're not a rideshare company. They all try and say they're just a tech company trying to connect people. They're uh, their technology platform to connect people to do these things. And, and, and they all rephrased all of that because this whole idea of the B prong was really starting to play out in a lot of places. I think they realized that they needed to find a way to say that they don't fail under that test. And so what they say is, well, we're not really doing food delivery. You know, we're just connecting people. And yet, but then we have the problems of, uh, you know, where is it? I had all, I have all this race all over though. Here it is. Um, you know, uh, GPS tracking, both of the driver customer tracking, um, that, da- uh, not making sure that dashers are paid a certain base pay that like two deliveries an hour would equal minimum wage without a tip. They've, they've, they've done a lot of, um, a lot of these type of things that, I mean, they just, that, that, I mean, like that right there is not controlling, but that is not what would happen with a contractor. Right. You would not right. GPS track them. The customer would not be able to GPS track them. You would not, you would not be able to say that the, the tip money will make up for other money. So you'll make your money. There wouldn't be these kind of catches. Right. Right. And I think, you know, and, and one of the worst areas where control became an issue was in the ruling by the CDLE, where one of the things that they really focused on was the situation for this particular dasher. So this fellow, he, he got deactivated. And right. as you read through the, re- the reading, uh, he was deactivated for creating an unsafe environment. He responded several times to them asking, so what did I do? Right. And we all know that you don't get a response and you never get a response. And that's part of the problem. And what happened. And I think that there's a reason that you don't get a response. Um, which by the way, Instacart today on my, I don't ever do it because I don't, I don't think you can make money on Instacart, but I do have it still on my phone. I had a thing drop down saying that Instacart today now has live service agents in the U S what took them so long. I think they knew we were doing this podcast today. I don't know. I guess. But, you know, so this guy, you know, he got deactivated. And and that's part of the problem. And this is where, and this this became a focus in their ruling about control. Right. Because, you know, what happens, and, and Grubhub used to be really bad at this. What they would do is they would often tell people over the phone, say, oh, you still have to accept so many deliveries. They'd never put it in writing. It was always verbal, so it could never... You know, if it ever came to court, it'd just be hearsay, right? But they would never put it in writing. Um, they would deactivate people for you appear to be doing activities that might be similar with fraud. So we're going to pause your account while we investigate. It's like, yeah. well, what did we do? And right. they would never tell you. Yeah. And so right. It's one thing that you can't that well, you can't that you you can't reply and get and get a reply. You can't ask exactly. a question at that point and get anything, but it's another thing that they don't even tell you a general range of what it was, right? You were, you were in this area of, of a problem or something yeah. to, I mean, cause we all, we all know that, you know, people who dash a ton, like a lot of the people in this, in this chat right now, um, they, they don't, 
you're not going to recall. I mean, you might, you might've just had one person that you went off on or something that might sure. be kind of the abnorm, you know, but the norm is you wouldn't know. You, you wouldn't know if it's like, where did I get this complaint? What happened? I don't how many know what I did. You do something without even realizing that, that, it, you know, that, that the other person took it a certain way. Right. You know, I mean, everybody's got a right to be offended these days, it seems like. And so, you know, how many times can something like that happen where you don't even know? But the problem is, is they say, well, you violated the contract, but there's no way that you can defend yourself because you don't know what the violation was. Well, what about this notified dashers? They were rejecting too many offers. The employer failed to respond to claimants regarding acceptance rate. Exactly. And then this mean, was part of why I think Grubhub law, or I'm sorry, DoorDash lost this case. So one of the arguments they said was, well, you know, you could, you could lose your ability to deliver if you don't accept enough deliveries. You and I know that's not true. Right. I've I've sat there at a zero percent for for long periods of time. I'm really <laughs> and, and miserable you're, right and you're, now. And you're a top dasher. Well, now I'm a top dasher. <laughs> I, I'm not sure. I, I don't want anybody to know that. <laughs> I'm doing this stupid um, experiment. Basically, it's just going out there, and I decide I'm going to take everything for 200 deliveries uh, because one of the things I wanted to do was compare all the deliveries and see if it changed. Right. So, like for the first time in my life. I'm sitting at a, was it 99% or something like that? And that's because an order went through that I didn't tap in time. <laughs> Otherwise it'd be a hundred percent and I'm miserable at it. But right. you know, the, the thing is, is, I mean, I sit there at 0% for, for long periods of time sometimes and nothing happens, you know, nothing happens. And, and so we know that you don't lose your ability to deliver because of acceptance rate, but this person either said it or believed it that you could. And there's a lot of dashers out there that do believe that they could. And I, I think it's more like a mathematical thing. Like if yeah. I think that if you have a 5% acceptance and you have a hundred dashes, you're going to be put at the bottom of the pool. I think if you have 5% acceptance and 5,000 dashes, I think that that might put you somewhere else in the pool. Like if they do take into account, low acceptance, which they shouldn't be, but who knows what they're doing. I have not seen anything that indicates. And and that's part of the reason I did this experiment was like, okay, if they're really giving me better orders, if I'm taking hundred percent of the orders, you know, I'm, I'm about 140 in right now and uh, I, I should be seeing that. Right. And it's not happening. What, orders, you're not, you're not seeing what I'm not seeing better orders or anything like that. Are you, is it less or is it the um, same? You know, in some regards, it's maybe a little bit less. Now, it's not a big because you're burning more gas for one. Well, yeah, I'm burning more gas. I'm I'm definitely making a heck of a lot less money than what I'm cherry picking. You know, right? Uh, so so there's that going on. But you know, the the funny thing is, is I think they put a lot of things out there to try and get you to think that they're going to do it. I've, I've had a, a couple of debates with some people on this whole thing about Top Dasher that. There's a lot of people that believe you get better orders when you're top dasher because they think DoorDash told them so. DoorDash never promised that. DoorDash never promised that. What they did promise is that you would win the tie if there was a large delivery order and and you and another dasher were 
you know, kind of equal as far as being in a position to be able to get that order. And they would break the tie in the favor of the top dasher. That's the only thing that they've ever promised. And, but the other thing is that they also promise that you win the tie on any delivery, which means you also win the tie if, if it's between you and another dasher for a $2 and 50 cent order, you know? And, And so, but that's the thing is they kind of put this stuff out there and they word it in a way that makes it look like you're going to get better because of your acceptance rate. They play a lot of games. And yeah. And, and what happened, I think in this ruling is that those games kind of came back to bite them in the butt because you've got a dasher who believes because of this, that he could lose his ability to deliver because of his acceptance rate. Um, you got people that are scared to do stuff because of people being deactivated and things like that. And when they're very vague about the reasons why they don't even give you the reason why you're deactivated, um, that plays into that. And they want you to be afraid of that. You know, they want you to believe this kind of stuff. So there's, you know, it's, it's a manipulation game where they're trying to get people to believe that they've got to take more orders and, And all of that kind of came into this whole ruling with the CDLE where they said, well, yes, DoorDash is controlling because they could, they could arbitrarily just deactivate you for whatever reason. And when they were vague about the reasons that they could do things and stuff like that, they could say, um, you know, they could say, well, we're going to deactivate you for low acceptance rate. But if, if they're not telling you, they could do it without telling you that's what it was. And the problem is, is without clear, definitions of what contract you broke um it's very easy for the court to take that as being controlling and and then the other part of it was and this dasher said well yeah i could lose my ability i could be deactivated for having too low of an acceptance rate and so they asked doordash about this doordash did not respond right doordash just well, my guess is, is like we've seen time and again, they just don't yeah. want anything to do with this. Yeah. I mean, they're yeah. treating it like it's, they're treating the CDLE like it's a, like it's yeah. a dasher. Like Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> just don't I'm, respond. Just. I'm reading through all the times that they said no response, no response, or right. then they finally, you know, they asked us to delay it and everything like that. And, and they finally just said enough. You guys lose. <laughs> you didn't pay this guy his last week. You owe him the money. He is an employee, and oh, by the way, you also owe the penalties that go with not paying immediately. If you get fired in Colorado, they have to cut you a check immediately. Yeah. You know, the day of, right. not even wait till payday. Is that, oh, I thought that was national. Um, I think that's just Colorado, but it's state could be by national. state. Okay. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know. But, um, you know, so I mean, and, and, uh, even after all the demands from the Department of Labor and DoorDash never paid up. Right. And so then they finally just said, hey, enough. And, you know, at that point, it was all done. And and all of this was just about that money that they never paid up at the end. But, you know, they could have taken that into um, overtime or, um, you know, minimum wage. All those things. And and that's where it just seemed kind of weird that it was just like they just let it go at that. They just dropped it at that point. And um, 
you know, and Gary Milton, I think you're on here or something like that. And he was saying earlier that he made a comment on Twitter that, yeah, if they, uh, if they try and push this right now, or if they try and appeal that it could open up a can of worms. And my first thought when he said that was, yeah, but this is, um, this is important enough that I'm sure they're going to appeal it. But then I think after reading this, you know, reading what you sent me over and thinking about that, I think he's right that it's like, at this point, the Department of Labor is willing to just let it go. Right. They paid the money. You know, that's all it is. They're not going to push anything anymore. And um, if DoorDash tries to appeal this, then it goes to court. And then the court rules. And once the court makes a ruling, and right. especially once you go through all the appeals, now you've got something that is basically the same thing as law. Which answers a question I was going to bring up. Why haven't they appealed? But I kind of thought the yeah. same thing. They're not going to, they're not going to appeal because that yeah. could really shoot. Yeah. You know, it what was a 200 and some dollars to pay the guy an $800 penalty that they had to pay the guy and an $800 fine that they had to pay the state. That's it. $1,800. That's probably an hour of their top lawyer's time, you know? Right. So, so right. it's like, um, you know, why spend the time on, on an appeal, especially if nothing's going to happen out of this? Right. You know, um, the biggest question is going to be what happens if somebody else takes that ruling and runs with it. And right. in fact, when I first saw about that, and I don't know if you saw the same thing that I saw, you know, from uh, was an independent thing where they were they were taking that ruling and they're saying, "Hey, you need to, um, you need to uh, start pursuing this kind of thing," because they ruled that this guy was an employee. So, you know, here was at least one group saying, "You need to start applying, uh, um, pursuing this, so that you can get the money that DoorDash owes you." and stuff like that. So at least there's a little bit of an effort of somebody trying to get that out there. And, so and that's going to be the thing that's interesting. You guys, I will be getting back to comments because a lot of you guys have good ones in here. In fact, like William right now has this, uh, this ruling sets a case standard, even though it's in Colorado, we will get to that. Cause Ron and I were talking about that beforehand. Um, Gary Middleton, um, why appeal it if it, if it wasn't public, and it's cheaper that way. And then he says exactly run to what to what you're saying. We all I think we all in here agree with that. So here's something else though. You and I kind of to totally agree on this. If the complainant hadn't gone the direction he had, this could have been huge. It could have been. Yeah. I mean, if he hadn't, if he hadn't gone, if he if he had been going for minimum wage and overtime, that instead of uh Instead of unpaid wages, um, how would this have happened? I mean, yeah, that I mean, this would not have looked like this. Yeah, because now all of a sudden we're talking about a lot more money. Yeah, and, and that's why I'm wondering why he didn't. Why didn't even a even a just an assigned lawyer? I mean, any basic lawyer should know this. Yeah, yeah, and that I don't know. Um, that's kind of that mystery. Why didn't it go any further than this, at least on the state side of things? You know, I mean, there's a, here's a question about it kind of that might tune in is like from Kevin was where, was there an agreement to keep, keep this hush, hush, if there was, it's hush, hush. And we don't know. So maybe the guy was paid a hundred thousand dollars to shut up. 
<laughs> That's possible. I mean, I know he um, still got, I know there were still fines and it still went through the process, but maybe right. it was deep in the process before they're like, look, here's a hundred grand. When this is over, you shut up, you disappear. You don't come on our radar. I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying that we don't have a way of knowing if it was. We don't. Sealed but, up. you know, and, and, you know, the one thing about that, though, is this wasn't a settlement. You know, this was a ruling. And from all appearances, it looked like they complied and paid it. Right. And so. Yeah, they did. They paid the 850 to the Division of Labor, 812 to the contractor in question, and 226 in back wages, which the 226, the original comp. <laughs> Complaint was for two twenty seven, <laughs> so I don't know what the hell that is. Um, unless it was a typo. Um, if DoorDash had paid that, the original complaint, I guess I've had a couple people ask me that. You know, why didn't they just pay this? That would have just ended it. I said DoorDash. Well, I said, well, I said at that amount, no, I, I, I said it even harder. I said because that could have led to a heavy push for AB five type legislation. Because that's almost admitting that you're doing what you're being told or what you're accused of. Yeah. And there's that. Well, and I think that can, that brings us to that question, you know, that was asked, well, isn't this a uh, case standard? And I think what's different about this is this was the Department of Labor ruling on one particular person's complaint. And so... You know, it's it's not the same kind of precedent that happens with a court ruling. You know, if if the appeals court or the state supreme court makes a decision, that holds up, and anything that ever happens is, I mean, that's that's that that seems like that's even more law than what the laws are these days. And so there's that there. I think, but when it's just a ruling on a single case, they might use that ruling if somebody else brings a case later on. But as long as these are just a couple hundred here, a couple hundred there, DoorDash doesn't care about that. They'll just pay it off. Right. Um, but if it's ever anything that goes beyond that, that all of a sudden could lead to now the state decides, okay, we're going after DoorDash and we're going to force you to pay unemployment benefits. You know, um, that's that's what gets them in a lot of places uh, is they want to get that unemployment insurance money. And uh, or, you know. All, all the different things and where they want to make it a mass action. That's when DoorDash is going to kick in the money. Yeah. You yeah. see the comments I'm putting up, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, so another thing too, that was addressed or that, that at least it was addressed between us, DoorDash, the, the does not provide third party auto insurance. Let's, let's talk about this a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Cause People are under a misconception. Even like yep. I, I talked to Brian at Legal Rideshare. You know, I've done a couple podcasts with him. Sure. Um, sure. I even told him I wanted to do one about this. He's interested in this story. He was, mm -hmm. he didn't know about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I texted him today. He's like, let's do it. So because they make it appear that even in those stages, like we know there's phase one, two, and three. Actually, yeah. there's phase zero, one, two, three. Yeah. Is how they actually look at it. But that they say that you're differently insured. What is, the, I mean, the th you're not insured. It's, no. it's, it's blanket liability. It's nothing. That's just it. And, and, but the problem is, is DoorDash is actually putting it out there to make it look like we're giving you an insurance policy, but there is no, you know, uh, what's, what's the thing on like Uber, they call it a, uh, I'm trying to remember 
with every delivery you do. They've got a little thing in there when you dig into your stuff that it shows you actually the policy, you know, um, I'm trying to remember the term that goes with it now, but it's just like, you know, there's nothing that's ever in, with, with Uber, it's actually an insurance policy that's in your name. And with DoorDash, DoorDash never puts anything in your name. All they have is a blanket liability, which basically means if somebody comes after DoorDash for damage that you cause, they're covered by that. And, and um, there's no coverage for your vehicle at all. Way bill. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. That's Chris from Real Rideshare Stories. <laughs> I'm just like, you know, old man brain or something like that all of a sudden that it's just... Uh, but you know, there's, there's no such, um, there's no such coverage by DoorDash that's actually in your name. And there's a distinction about that. And there's a reason that's very important because let's say you get into an accident and they decide not to cover when you've got an insurance policy, an actual insurance policy, you can appeal that to your state insurance commission when it's just a blanket liability policy you really don't, you don't have much recourse because there's nothing that's actually in your name. And so, you know, that's, that's a big deal. And, and, and DoorDash really should have challenged that part of it. Yeah. To say, no, this is not, except for then they have to admit that they're lying in their propaganda that they send out to drivers. <laughs> and so, right. you yeah. know, maybe there's a reason they didn't respond, but that was another one of those things where they just kind of like, uh, decided not to respond to questions. It's like, we're too important for these questions or something. I know. It's, I mean, and honestly, just, like the, the way they get away with it, I know that happens all the time, but the way they get away with it is just disgusting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, we're not, you know, if you see the Middleton comment here about the, uh, they're only secondary, that is true. But what, yeah. I mean, we're also referring to the fact that they're, they're kind of, de- they're kind of deceiving you. And, and it, and this, and it, that was used the third party auto insurance was used of evidence of controlling the drivers. Right. Right. So, I mean, this is, again, they, that's how they shot themselves in the foot a little bit. Right. And that falls under, you know, like a, a a lot of the freelance community that is really trying to fight the ABC test. You know, they really, they say, let's use the IRS test instead. And the IRS test is very heavy on this control thing and all the different things that go with control. If you're providing tools, that's control. DoorDash gives you the delivery bag. Um, You know, just just all sorts of things like that, that, uh, you know, if you're providing a uniform, that's another sign of control. If you're doing an hourly wage, that's a sign of control and and just different things like that. So... um, yeah, it's just, and and that was the thing that was interesting was how actually strong I think their case was about the control part of the ABC test. Right. And to Chris's comment here, um, yeah, I did a piece on that where uh, with when I was talking to Display Ride, who actually works with Uber and Lyft, the dash cam, they, they work with all these companies. Um, I will tell you, Chris, that what was it? Instacart. That there are all the deli- all the food deliveries are horrible with the insurance, but Instacart and Grubhub provide none. None. You have to look, but they provide none. Mm-hmm. Your car gets stolen. That's going to all be on you. I don't know. <laughs> I, 
I really don't know how to even describe that, but we're talking about DoorDash here and I specifically, um, so, you know, the, again, I got, I got to mention to those of you who have joined us that, uh, the Colorado department of labor and employment, the CDLE that we're talking about really went after DoorDash. Like I have never seen, I'm actually very proud of my state right now (laughs) because they really slapped it to them and they like, they, again, they used the, they, they used words I would have used, right? Yep. And I was yeah. very surprised. It was actually that, a readable opinion. Yeah, it, was, it really was. Um, so we've covered why the DoorDash appeal won't happen. Um, there's also probably a statute of limitations on that. Oddly enough, um, Mort and I were talking last night a little late, and uh, we came up with this thing about how it potentially you have you're an independent contractor until you're fired and then you're an employee. <laughs> Do you follow that, that at all? What we're thinking? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. almost how they treated it. So now can people who were, who were, uh, taken off the platform, like let's say six months ago, cause I know again, there's a statute of limitations just like there's on everything, but can they come back? Adam, mm. I mean, I would see that there's a lot of dashers that could say, I quit because I was making $3 an hour. Right. And now I would right. think that if there's a year limitations or whatever, you can go back and see, yes, William, I will put the all the public records and everything you want to look through on, in the in the show notes after. I just have been super busy putting this together. <laughs> that's, yeah, I, and I think that that's the, that's the part of it that makes this really interesting because if if somebody kind of gets wind of this and they realize that that ruling is out there, um, I think that they could go after them over um, failure to pay minimum wage, right? Um, failure to pay overtime. You know that um, overtime is an interesting one to me when you talk about gig work because it's like. They've got no control over how many hours you work. Um, I think that's one of the problems with being an employee is a lot of people think, oh, well, we'll we'll have it better. But it's like, what kind of opportunities do you have at just about any job where if you want to just keep working and working and working, that you can go over 40 hours to keep working and making money? You know, usually they shut you off because of overtime or something. And... um. You know, that's, I think that's one of the things that concerns me the most about this idea of being forced to become employees is losing some of that kind of flexibility, which that's a totally different rabbit hole. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, that's, again, that's, and actually I even had, I think I had that, you know, uh, that what we, <laughs> that this could eventually impact us. I, I wanted to even change could to in some way will. I don't know exactly how, but it will because, I mean, we know regulations coming down the chute, but this kind of crap is, I don't know. I I mean, I would think that, I mean, now can you, okay, so can you do this? Well, here's where I think it could really come back to, to start to make a difference. And that's if you get one of these misclassification lawyers that gets wind of this and they realize, holy crap, we've got, we've got a class action going here. You know, and they could. And there is a class action going. I've got the link here. Okay, in Colorado or 
I mean, this is one that they could file in Colorado because they've got a ruling now. Right. This know? one is the, it's a 2022. I will, okay. Again, I'll put this in the notes, you guys. Uh, we represent clients asserting that DoorDash is required under Massachusetts and Illinois law. So that represents yep. uh, William and Mort, mm-hmm. uh, as well as California law prior to December 2020 to reimburse delivery drivers for gas and mileage to pass a, to pass on all tips left by uh, customers to pay a guaranteed minimum amount and to complete all hours worked, including wait time. Many DoorDash mm-hmm. drivers lawsuits also seek up to uh, 25,000 per driver uh, for DoorDash's alleged misclassification of workers as independent contractors. Yeah. And depending on your state, you know, think about that as far as what they could get if they got a ruling in that regard, because um, Colorado, what is it? The tipped minimum wage isn't a whole lot less than regular minimum wage. It used to be. Yeah. (laughs) When when I was a bartender, a a server, again, this was 2000, you know, pre 2002, but here in Colorado, 2000 to 2007, it was like three fifteen an hour for servers, two eighty five for bartenders. What does this say, real quick? Okay, so nine fifty four in Denver right now. So you know, let's say you went out and you made twenty bucks an hour, right? And um, but part of that calculation has to be your mileage, because if you're an employee, they got to reimburse you, and if you don't have an existing agreement, it kind of defaults to the federal. So now they got to reimburse you for the 58 and a half cents a mile. And, and your tips have got to be, you know, it's got to be, you know, whatever your minimum wage is plus, you know, with, with, with the way the tips are and stuff like that, that, uh, you know, they have to pay you nine fifty four without even taking your tips into account whether or not that's there, you know, so it's just all those different things where it could really become expensive if this gets any kind of legs on it. Right. And, you know, if this uh, was it like Shannon Liss Reardon is one of them that has done a bunch and is probably handling that one because she's out of Massachusetts, I think. And I'm thinking she's behind the one that's in uh, Illinois, Massachusetts. And, and she was the one that got a $5 million judgment against DoorDash a couple of years ago, right? where basically her staff or her, her firm got most of those millions and Dashers got a couple hundred dollars at the very most, and, you know, and, and it's just, you know, and that's part of the problem with that whole process is the lawyer gets all the money and the people that actually got shorted get nothing. Right. But, you know, somebody's going to say, Oh, there's a lot of dollars to be made here. Let's go after let's go after DoorDash in Colorado. Right. And yeah, that's exactly. where, you know, if if it gets pushed all the way through to an actual ruling, you know, that's the kind of thing that could ultimately force it into an employee situation in Colorado. And does that mean the same if you use an LLC to sign up? You know, I I know that uh, a couple places they talked about that an LLC doesn't really protect you, right? In a lot of areas, um, that it still comes down to that ABC test or whatever. Gary, to address this point of yours, um, 
that is, I mean, it's, this is already happening. You know, you know, this Gary and I talk all the time. So, um, you know, like this is happening in Massachusetts, New Jersey, New York's doing some revamp just happened up in, uh, um, even a weirder story that happened up in Washington, not weirder than this fine, but that up in Washington, the teamsters, the drivers, Uber, Lyft all came together to make it just like, I would think you wouldn't put those guys in a room together without weapons. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it's, um, but yeah, I mean, to that point, I think the other states will follow. I mean, of course, that's the other problem too, is this like Colorado, we found the ABC legislation in our same thing. I was telling you guys a while back is that when we were talking about New Hampshire is that a lot of states have ABC legislation in them, but they're like this archaic thing that hasn't been dusted off in forever. Yeah. That was like written in so long ago. I don't even, it might've even been pre gig economy. I think it was in almost all these states. Yeah. So, and when you read some of that and I mean, we were looking at that and it's like, holy crap, they're, they're, they're basing this on the ABC test. And it's like, we've got the ABC test in Colorado. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And it was just like, you know, sometimes you get some of those things and it's well, like, well, oh. Kim, Kim Cavan had told me on the independent contractor roundtable, you know, and she's one of the, she's one of the brightest on this stuff. She said there was more than 20 states that had ABC legislation. in it. Yeah. And the funny thing is though, is it's like different departments sometimes will have different rules. And so you might have one part of the state is on the ABC test and another part is on uh, the Borello test, you know, and, right. and it's like, it, you know, and it's not been, you know, and, and the federal government is the same way, but, you know, b- but the, but, but the Borello test is a fair test. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's a true test of independent contractorship. Sure. If you, if, if you take that, you can, you can determine right. if you are one, the ABC test isn't fair at all. You can't. I, I think there's one reason that the ABC test actually has some appeal among a lot of people is that it is clear. Because the problem is when you read a lot of the rulings that have to do with misclassification under some of these other tests, that it's all very objective. Or I'm sorry, very subjective. That it's like, okay, you've got this level of control and it's like, we don't like it, but it's not enough for us to say it. You know, So basically what they do is they weigh all these different factors and say, yes, you kind of fail on this point, but you're not as bad on this point. And so we're going to rule in your favor, you know? And so it's still up to the judge to kind of determine and try and weigh and decide which parts are more important than the other. And, and the problem is, is that's, that's hard for, you know, it's really hard for an employer and, uh, or for an employee or a contractor to really understand, okay, exactly where do I stand? How much are we like this? And, and, and these gig companies are all very much a gray area that way in that, you know, there's, there's some control, but how much is too much control? And what the ABC test is, 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 is there's three very clear things and you have to pass all three and they like it because it's easy. The problem is, is it's too easy. And so many people got caught up in the crosshairs of it. And so that's, um, that's the problem with it all is that, um, in California, they had to write so many different exceptions 
that, oh, well, yeah, this applies, but it doesn't apply to these people and it doesn't apply to these people. And it's like, if you have to make that many exceptions, it's not a good rule to begin with. You know, if, if you're going to make, if you're going to make these rules, it's got to stand up no matter who it is. You can't make exceptions for this group or that group. Right. I mean, like, and, like this comment here, <laughs> I got, I just had to bring it up that I wouldn't mm-hmm. be, you know, I mean, here's the thing, Rodney. So they're absolutely going to deactivate you if you sue the, the, and if, if it's, if it's any kind of like, you know, like how are we going to do it? They'll just do it the way they do it is just deactivate you and not tell you. They'll just, just say, yeah, we, we noticed some fraudulent activity. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you, you what the fraud is, but yeah. you, you've, you've, you've had complaints. I mean, yep. something, I mean, clearly if you sue them, they're going to get you off the platform. I mean, they're not going to let you stay on there. <laughs> <laughs> More orders for me. <laughs> um, yeah. Right. That's the best thing about the gas prices right now. It's weeding out a lot of people. So. So, um, so I think we covered a lot here. So guys, we'll leave it up to you for some questions. If you got them, put them in now. I'll start going back through this just to see if we covered everything. Um, Ron, is there anything I forgot? Uh, I don't know. There's so many things in that. that I I mean, I'm, I honestly, like I was putting these notes together. I was still on the other computer finding, looking up other stuff. I sent myself screenshots, didn't have time to bring them into stream lab that I was going to bring up. Um, but I'm just going to include those in a in a post I'm doing on, on Uber Lyft drivers. So, but I mean, I don't know. So it's yeah, it's just it is. I don't know. You know, the, the, this whole classification thing is there's the one side that it's like the moment that they say we've got to be employees, I'm out of here. You know, um, you know. I think the way I, I think, I think everybody in this room is that way, right? You know, we're, and we're and part right of it there. is because, and, and here's the thing that's kind of crazy though, is everybody thinks that, okay, we're going to make these companies comply. We're going to make them be better by making them hire employees. And it's like, if they're crappy with independent contractors, what makes you think they're going to be a good employer? <laughs> you and you I know? have been saying this, Ron yeah. and I have done so many, we've done a bunch of collabs and podcasts together. And we've said yeah. this so many times that like, dude, why who are that, who is that 10% or that 15% that wants this status? Because you want to work for the company you hate to death. You want to be a a W2 for them. Yeah. First of all, they're not going to hire you. Second of all, if they do, they're going to abuse you so bad. (laughs) And I think that's (laughs) making them go to that step. (laughs) That's the part though, that makes it so hard to really come down on this whole thing, because the bottom line is they are absolutely abusing this idea of independent contractors. You know, um, I, I just, it's like the way they treat it. It's like, they want to get employees for the price of an independent contractor. And they really do try and force you into an employee mentality. And, you know, they kind of hope that at least, you know, they don't, you know, they don't hear people like you and I, and a lot of the people that are here in this chat that already understand that you've got a right to make decisions for yourself as an independent contractor, they don't want that getting out there, you know, um, because it, it's just, then all of a sudden they can't get enough people to take all the deliveries that they want taken and things like that. If people understand their rights. Right. So there's a piece where they're doing all of that, that uh, they really want the people who don't understand their rights. Right. And, or noobs or it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's the same thing as noobs with acceptance rate. 
that acceptance rate, I mean, this is exact proof of it. Yep. I mean, they even DoorDash admitted it doesn't matter in this whole thing. So take it out. Why do you have it in there then? Take it out. Yep. That's and a mind control. That's a trick. It is. And and that's part of the problem is, is it's kind of like they're pulling all this crap on the other side. But it's like, you know, and I think I'm more pissed off at all of them right now than I was before because I don't want to be an employee. <laughs> but they keep pulling this garbage that just gives the other people ammunition, you know, and, and all of this stuff that DoorDash was doing, they just, they gave, they gave the CDLE all sorts of ammunition. And, 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 and as long as they keep kind of playing those kind of games, you know, it doesn't matter what test you're using, they're going to lose. And that's, that's the worst part about it. And, you know, and all I can do is just kind of hope that it never gets to that point. Did you see Mort's comment here? Which one? The one on the screen. On June 29. Yeah, I saw that part. It's. Yeah, that was the part that was interesting when reading through that. It's like they just decided, okay, we're just, we're just keeping it at this scope. And, and I was just like, I wonder why that is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're. I think we're all agreeing on all this, but like, uh, so here is one one other thing I didn't bring up yet is that what is to stop Colorado people from sitting at home, turning DoorDash on eight hours a day, ten hours a day, okay, doing it for months, mm-hmm. accepting nothing, not one, and then, however you do it, like you accept, you know, sure. you. Ex- just, you know, you accept one and you throw the food. And you accept another after the five months, you throw the food until DoorDash calls and says you're deactivated. Could you now sue them for all of those hours where you made nothing to at least get minimum wage? Well, yeah, or just the fact that, okay, you had dash time or you're, you had your dash time and you had your active time. So if you sat there, you didn't do anything. And now all of a sudden you got dozens of hours of dash time. Right. And you can say, hey. I was on the clock. I should yeah. get paid. Yeah. And what's going to stop them from doing that? That's what, and so, yeah. I mean, is that part of why the, in your opinion, this got swept under the rug or why, why is, why did, why is no media picked up on this? Why, why back then did we not hear about this? Is it because a, some media are in the pot. We know the big guys are in the pockets of people, mm-hmm. but I mean, there are some good, media outlets here in Colorado that would have covered this. Do you think they just didn't know about it? Yeah, I think that that was, I think it was such like the amounts, you know, it, yeah. like 227, 850, like they're under two grand total. I think it was because it was just such a low level decision. You know, this was just some dasher coming saying, Hey, I want my $200. You know, I mean, this was, this, this was kind of like the equivalent of, you know, small claims court. And, you know, generally, unless, unless they're trying to get it on, uh, you know, judge Judy on TV or something like that, most people are kind of like, yeah, no big deal. Whatever happens there, you know, it's not worth paying attention to. And I think this was just a small enough court case that they kind of figured, you know, that, that it just didn't catch any attention. Right. And yeah, if ultimately, if, some reporter does catch on to it and 
thinks that there's something behind that and runs with it, it could be a different story altogether. Which I already sent it to three that I trust. Mm-hmm. So, um, usually, I mean, I don't know what they'll do with it. One of them's from the Denver Post. That's always a tough one to crack because he's a great guy, but he has bosses that sure. say no way. Yeah. Um, I think it tends to fit the agenda of a lot of media out there that it's like, if we can find something against DoorDash, we're going to run with it. So somewhere, somebody could probably get interested in it. You know, there's there's a piece of me that doesn't want that to happen because I just don't want those dominoes to fall. Yeah, no, me neither. And especially because, I mean, like, I think that you and I, we've talked about this before. You and I have a lot of pr- prior experience in as being ICs before mm-hmm. the gig economy ever sure. was even a dream of Travis's. Mm-hmm. You know, so even before 2008, 2009, I have a lot of independent contractor work, sure. true independent contractor work that I did. I mean, this is too, I, I'm not going to say it that way, but you know, I mean, this is the debatable one. So, I mean, right. This is, it's just, it's just weird to me. I think that, you know, I, I, it is a major concern of mine that what I said that people could now literally say DoorDash sucks. I don't make any money on it. Even if they're working it and taking all the, like if you did a test to take all the crappy orders, the crappiest ones per hour for a month, you could then sue DoorDash to pay up the difference to minimum wage. Yeah. I mean, it's like, um, with this experiment that I've been doing where I'm taking everything, right. Um, you know, right now I'm, I'm talking sitting, about taking the worst though, leaving all the good ones, leave them. Yeah. I mean, you could do that or you could take none or what, uh, this is a concern of mine because if you can sue up to a year after or whatever it is, then you could do nine months of just being on and then all of a sudden like going, okay, now I'm going to work and just go throw people's food all over the street until they fire you. Right. And not even bring it up that way. But then when they say you're deactivated, say, sweet, you owe me 50 grand. Yeah. For all the hours I was on the platform. See, and I was just thinking, I'm looking at my numbers there and with taking everything, by the time you kick in 58 and a half cents a mile, I'm way under minimum wage in Colorado. Yeah. So I could make a case. Right. And uh, I just I just don't want what the repercussions no. would be of right. winning yeah, the case. Yeah. Right. But, but I think, you know, and that's, that's part of the problem is, is if people do things the way DoorDash wants them to do it, you know, they, they could be in a place where, you know, they could, they could, Make some money with something like that. I agree. And that's um, why it's so important people understand that you've got control here. <laughs> see that? And there it is. So for the for Pedro out there, when he sees this, we do have control. For Roy out there, when he sees this, there is some limited control. <laughs> it's a two-part answer. Sure. <laughs> you know, when I compare the numbers to... Me, I you know, have full control on my life. So I can, making, I can just turn on, I, I view it different. I can turn it on off. I can not accept. Right. I, I, I run my life. You know, when, when I compare and that's that kind of part of the reason I'm doing this whole experiment thing is I've got the numbers of, you know, this is what I'm making per hour, you know, profit per hour after expenses, 
you know, $23, $24 an hour after writing off 35 cents a mile, uh, just because I, I, I just do that because my car's closer at 35 than it is to 56. But at 35 cents a mile, I'm still at 23, 24 bucks an hour. And then I turn around and I do this where I'm taking everything and I'm at 11 bucks an hour. The fact that my decisions mean that I'm making twice as much money says we've got control. Right. You know? So here's something though. Like, so this is uh, Kevin. So he's saying with prop 22, you had to have an active order. Right. But Kevin, you got to remember that here um, it's, if you have the app on, I mean, they've already, they, <laughs> when I put up all the notes, maybe it'll make a little more sense because if you really want to go through all this, you'll see like they've, they've set a precedence where they didn't talk about that. And we don't have a prop 22 in Colorado. Right. So without that, they're kind of left on an Island to go, I don't know. I guess we got to pay them all those hours. Right now it's the only state that's got anything like that. I think what they're doing in Washington has a lot of the same elements. It does. I, was, I mean, the Teamsters are involved too. And the Teamsters sure. are, according to all the Seattle news, the Teamsters are just doing it out of the goodness of their heart. There's no money for the Teamsters, which I will, I'm going to, I'm going to say Who no, because the, the Teamsters don't do anything for free. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. There's something else going on. <laughs> exactly. But, I mean, backdoor payments, who knows what it is? I don't know, but. Yeah. Um, so, so is, is there anything else that we should hit on here? Cause I'm going to put it all in the notes. You guys can, can weed through it. I'm going to post um, a link on uh, uberliftdrivers.com. I'm guessing Ron will post one too on entree career. Cause Ron writes some, again, Ron writes some really good stuff. You've got, if you haven't seen him in previous videos of mine, check out his website at uh, entrecourier.com. He writes some really good stuff. And, uh, um, just like me, I feel like if you have any questions and you reach out to Ron, he'll he'll answer them. I mean, yeah, I shouldn't yeah, speak absolutely. for Ron, but <laughs> no, no, always glad to answer questions yeah, and stuff. He's he's for the cause too, so he's he's here with us. And um, probably the best place to find me outside of the website is on Twitter. Twitter, that's where I kind of spend most of my time. Yeah, for social media, right? And just under Entree Courier. And but this is a lot to digest, guys. So. We'll, I'll put this out there, pass it along. Um, make sure you, sh if you can share it, share it out to, you know, to other people via text that, you know, who work in the industry. If you have a share uh, ability on commu for community on YouTube, share it, share it through social media, share this video, you know, share it to, to get around because um, this should make noise. Um, so uh, by the way, Ron, Pete or uh, Tony, the driven dad is also here in Denver too. Oh, okay, cool. So Ron and I have actually met up in co a couple times in, in person, uh, Tony. And so, yeah, Tony and I were talking about doing that too, maybe And Dasher passes here and a couple other people. So maybe we'll get something going for sure with all of us. But this is, uh, this is just crazy. I mean, this is, I mean, a, a lot of people yesterday were asking me what the big deal is, but a lot of people instantly knew and were like, dude, this is kind of huge. It could be. So far, it hasn't been. It's been under the radar, and I hope we didn't stir up a hornet's nest. <laughs> well, but at the same time, these companies can't keep getting away with everything. Right. You know, so yeah. 
if they I'm needed, still looking for the way to handle that without forcing employee status. Exactly. You and ex- Ron and I are on the exact same page about this. And I know all of you guys are too. We all want to stay independent. Everybody I see in this room, I know, or in the chat. I know there's been more people watching at points. There was, it was in the twenties and we only have X amount in the chat, but I happen to believe those people as well are ICs because that's who usually listens to this stuff. So, um, we all want to be ICs. It's like, how much can you say before you do that? I think that's kind of their, the platform's view too, is like, well, they don't want to, we already know the majority of them will stay IC, so they better shut up. You know, it's like, but at the same time, man, it's, it's, it's coming to a point where, you know, you can only push so long. I'm not going to want to be an employee, but you can only push so long before I'm going to pull the plug. Yeah. I think that's the thing is if it ever comes down, and they just said nationwide, nope, you can't do independent contractors. I'm not going to shed a tear for any one of those companies. Right. But I'm going to feel awful crappy for all the people that can't go out and do what they're doing. You know, this gig economy was a lifesaver during the pandemic that people could just go out and work. They could make up money for when they were laid off or just, I mean, all the opportunities that people have and, and to sweep that away is, I think, just a massive tragedy if that ever happens. But it's like finding out how do you balance keeping these companies from pulling the garbage that they're pulling with that. Right. And uh, anybody comes up with great ideas with that. I always want to hear it. Right. So, yeah. So, um, you know, everybody, thanks for joining us. I know it's a mid-afternoon on a Friday and most people are working. So as I tried to make it so the time would work for Ron and I, but where it'd be like uh, whatever it is when we started three o'clock on the East coast, cause we got a lot of East coast watchers. Um, and so it'd be like lunchtime on the West coast. We did the best we could. There'll be a lot of team replay, I'm sure. But um, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Um, here's Bud Soda saying that, you know, that would literally destroy me. Yeah. <laughs> That's how all of us yeah. feel. That's how all of us feel. Um, you know, like I, that's why I say traditional IC work because that wouldn't be affected by me or would it, <laughs> you know, if they well, start screwing with the whole bees nest. Yeah. Uh, I've, I make you know, money off of advertising on my website. So will they say that because it's advertising that I'm doing the same work as the advertising company, that I'm an employee of that company. Right. You know, and then and the advertising will have to cut you off. Like they you know, did the writers to, and I think that's the part that probably scares me even more than what it does about the gig economy is what this does to people that just want to be in business for themselves. Right. And, and it's just, it's like, it's like there is something in the middle of all this, that it's more than just them trying to look out for drivers. It's, it's about control. And I think it's, there's, there's for some reason, there's a set of people that don't want as many people to be as independent as they are. There's a lot of people that don't want. And that concerns me. And and it's like, I, I don't want to get into the whole tin hat thing and try and figure out why (laughs) that is, but it really is. I mean, it's like, um, case in point, AB five, we know that it was overturned, you know, by a judge. It hasn't been appealed yet. The basic reason behind the ruling for gig for gig workers. Yeah. Yeah. But the basic reason that the judge overturned that, uh, not AB5, I'm sorry, 
Um, Prop 22 was the one. It was, it's it was ruled challenge. unconstitutional. Yes. And there, um, again, it's the old man brain there going on. Um, <laughs> He's really but, not that old. <laughs> <laughs> I got the grade to prove it here. So, um, but I got, you know, the, uh, the reason that the judge overturned it, when you read into his ruling, the underlying reason was essentially that it would prevent the state from having the power over unemployment. And that's what it really comes down to is it's about power. It's, it's about power. And it's like unemployment especially is a source of power. And the same ruling or the same reasoning was used in uh, um, Kim Gavin was talking about, um, you know, being in, in a hearing in New Jersey over this, why not change yeah. the IRS test? And it came down to the power of the state in unemployment. And Dude, Kim, Kim Cavan is like a little fighter, man. Oh my she gosh. Brutal. I do not want to get on her bad side. <laughs> I love Kim. I think she's awesome. I've loved having her on the podcast and I think she is just a brainiac too. She really, she will find something and she will, she will take action the next morning. She'll have it yep. drafted, done, <laughs> published. I mean, well, you know, there was there was a piece where I think that's how you first ended up meeting her and everything was like that. When you had um gosh, what's her name out of California on? And Gail? she Yeah, no, um Vina Dubal. Oh, Vina. Yeah. When you had her on the and and uh right, because she then, yeah, she reached out. She's like, How did you get Vina on your podcast? Yeah, well, because she started off with uh, on Twitter because somehow you got linked on there and she saw that, and it was like, Why not have independent contractors on and tell their story? And it was like, Oh, he'll have you on. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it was it was that whole thing that she's she is um and she's and she's she a doesn't good person she, to have on your side, right? And she she will say she, oddly, she there's barely every anything I've ever asked her that she doesn't know the answer to. But if she doesn't, she does not beat around the bush. She'll just say, "I'm not sure about that." Yeah, you know, she is a fact person. Like anything yeah. she says, you can count on. Um, and she's yeah, she's a she's a she's a troublemaker in New Jersey. Like I'm sure they don't like seeing her show up. Yeah, you know, yeah. she's loud. She makes things happen, and she pushes her way to the front. So but we need those kind of people. Absolutely. No, that's what I'm saying. She's, yeah. I mean, for those of you that don't know Kim, if you're on Twitter, follow at Kim Cavan, Cavan and I'll, I'll put it in the show link to, is it freelancersforfreedom.com, I think is her website. Yeah. Um, I think it's uh, the Kim Cavan, uh, and Cavan is spelled K-A-V-I-N. Oh, on Twitter? And on Twitter. Right. But her website and, is uh, freelancersforfreedom.com. Yeah. And yeah. so um, I'll put all that in the show notes too. But um, the last thing I did, I forgot to mention, this is the last point that I want to hit on. If, if there's any other questions, we'll see. But um, why, if this happens, if people were to start doing what I said, and maybe on a lower scale and, you know, like be start doing these cases, where does it fall with unemployment? Because if you're an employee, you're cashed out by them. And mm -hmm. then they owe you money and you're, you're dealing with this and you claim unemployment because you're an employee. I mean, that was a big problem during the pandemic. That was how are we going to handle the gig workers? We're going to have to create PUA. Yep. So 
what are they going to do now? Because nobody's paid into unemployment. Yeah, and you can't you can't claim unemployment any longer, but at least in most states. But and, well, and that's that's how it happens in a lot of states is that people, you know, they get terminated or you know something happens there, and so they go and they try and file for unemployment, thinking that they're going to get it. Yeah, and then the state says, "No, you don't get it because you're an independent contractor." And then somewhere in there, somebody in the state says, "Wait a minute." Yeah, there's a lot of money out there. Yeah. And we should be getting this money from DoorDash or anything like that. And I mean, I, and, I can't speak for all of the gig platforms, but I can say that DoorDash has already said it. So I mean, they've already opened the door to that though. How do you mean? Well, because you know, the this whole way this went down, like if you get if they deactivate you, you are an employee at that point. You're you're now un- they they let you go. You can claim unemployment. Mm. And if and if you can't, I mean, if the state says you can't have it, you didn't pay in. If even I mean, I'm not talking hundreds or thousands. Like five or ten people doing that is going to make them go. Wait, why are these people coming in from DoorDash, not Uber, not the other ones, but DoorDash, and saying no, they're employees, right? And if they look into this stuff, they're going to say, well, yeah, we actually, they are. Well, who's paying into their UE? Yep. I've got myself on payroll for my website. And so I've got to actually pay state unemployment insurance. Right. It's a few bucks a month. Right. Not a heck of a lot of money, but it's enough that I notice it. Do that times the thousands of people in the state that are in the gig economy. And that's a lot of money that if, if the unemployment division ever decides, Hey, we should go after this, that, that could be the other thing that could really push this whole issue. Yeah. That if they look at this and they say, Oh, wait a minute, you know what? DoorDash and Uber and Grubhub and Instacart all owe us (laughs) a lot of unemployment (laughs) insurance right now. Not only and, that, but the headache in the national me- in the national media and everything mm-hmm. that that would that because w- it would be like AB five in a different in a different yep. tone. It would be like okay, we got it going on in Colorado too, and now it's a it's DoorDash specific, but it, then they'd start pinning it to others. But they'd be like, we even have DoorDash admitting this. We have they've said they're employees or right. they're not a good food delivery platform. We're not good at food delivery, but it's all we do. <laughs> yeah. I, I really got it's it, it's almost it's one of those things that almost sounds fake. Um, what does this say? I mean, is there a chance DoorDash is quietly paying something in Colorado? To I that would blow me away if it was. Dude, it, I was going to say the same thing. If they, I mean, because that could just really that could be of eventually everything gets caught these days. You don't get away with much. Yeah. Because if they did that, I mean, there are just so many other things that they've got to hand, they've got to take care of. Then, you know, right. if people started finding out that they're doing this, and it's like that's an admission that they're, it's an employee relationship, and now all of a sudden they become liable for half of our um, social security and Medicare. They become liable for workers' compensation. They become liable for. Uh, you know, other forms of insurance, um, they become liable for reimbursement for the miles driven. And 
all that stuff, you know, that's, that's just a can of worms. They do not want to open. So I'd be really surprised if they were doing that. Tony, are yeah, you asking if, would be. wouldn't that be public record? Yeah. But I think the way Mort's were, <laughs> I, I took it differently. The way Mort worded it, like, you know, do you think they're slipping some bills to him under the table? Almost like, oh. cause I mean, like, obviously things are public record. You could look that up and people would have already been into that. I don't know. I mean, that under I guess the table people could have looked this me... up too. So I don't know. Maybe we do need to look into that. <laughs> Tony, yeah. that's your job now. You look into that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the under the table part would be um, the part that you, you kind of wonder about that is if that's that's part of why everything was so quiet after this was passed. See, I, I disagree, Tony. I don't think they do. I don't think they do pay into especially we Ron, me and you are all from Colorado. I don't think that DoorDash is. I think they, they probably do on their employees. Right. Right. You know, so they've got, you know, they've got marketing people locally. Dashers are employees too now. Remember? Right. Well, yeah, there's, there's that, (laughs) um, you know, you got marketing people that go out and recruit restaurants and you got the Dash Mart employees and things like that, that are actual employees. So for them, they would, but um, I can't imagine that they're not going to pay a penny more than they have to. Right. Yeah. Um, well, if, uh, if no other questions come up here in the next like couple seconds, right. please, please post them in the, uh, um, Please post them in the uh, uh, comments after the fact. And uh, maybe uh, Ron and I will get back together and do something on this again if as, as we find out more. Or, I mean, pretty much I think we've got all the landscape right now. I just need to get it into the show notes here. And then I'm going to put it into a, a post on the website. And Ron's, again, I can't speak for him, but I'm, I'm guessing he's going to do something on this because it's big. Um, so... Uh, although maybe he's not, I don't know, <laughs> but I'm guessing he is. He'll just be well, careful wording it. <laughs> uh, that's, that's the part that I've been kind of like, oh man, you know, because every time I get into one of these big documents and decide I'm going to write something about it, um, like I did about the California prop 22 overrule thing. Right. And it's like, man, that is such a rabbit hole. I could spend forever trying to write this thing out. <laughs> I, I think with something like this, you just have to have lots of links you know, on your keywords in a sentence that take you to the bigger picture of that. Mm-hmm. And you just have to keep it as simplistic as possible. Yeah. Yeah. And let, let people do the deep dives off your piece. So, you know, but, um, so wait, is it here? Is it, yeah. That's a good question. If there wasn't, was there an agreement on future compliance? Yeah. Um, again, I, I mean, doubt like, it. Uh, the way the way that DoorDash was avoiding questions. Yeah. The way that I mean, they they just didn't answer questions a bunch of times. Yeah. And you know, so it looked I like a it looked like a Senate hearing. An agreement in the end. <laughs> it looked like, it's like watching yeah. a Senate hearing. No yeah. response. No, no response, response. No response. Yep. No response. Like, why are you even asking the questions? They're not going to yep. respond. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so uh ron thank you for coming on again you guys Thanks. you now know ron i think you've seen uh, many of you i know have seen other pieces i've done with ron ron's had me on his podcast as well 
Um, so check out entrecourier.com. You'll find him in the show notes. Uh, lots of good stuff on there. He's pro IC like all of us and uh, he's fighting the good fight too. So right. um, thanks Steve for having uh-huh. me on and yep, always it's and been fun. Thank you all for joining us, Ron. Yeah. One second. Thank you. Every, thank you everybody for joining us. All right, guys. So that's it for this week. Hopefully you took in a lot from that. Um, make sure to leave comments, please. Uh, I, you know, I usually post these about a day behind on uberliftdrivers.com. Um, leave comments at the bottom, especially this episode is a great one to do that on because anybody that has had this happen to them in Colorado or anybody else in any other state in the country that's dealt with anything like this or knows of anything like this, please comment or reach out to me at steve at rodeo.com. Again, steve at rodeo.com. That is where you can always reach me. And uh, yeah, that's it for the week, guys. Uh, get on the Middleton apps, middletontech.com, Flex Alert, Driver Utility Helper, Maximo. And guys, there is a Maximo roundtable coming. I don't know if I'll have the date by the Friday drop, but by next Monday, I will know when that's going to be. And it's going to be in the next couple weeks. So stay tuned. It's going to be a really, really good episode on why you should use these apps and how they can better help you from both experienced users as well as we're going to have one newbie user who... um, Hopefully, he'll be, he'll be uh, a lot of our questions, I'm thinking. So <laughs> with that, you guys go out there and uh, be safe. Have a good week. Have a great week. And go spin some good into this messed up, crazy world. See you back here Friday on Rodeo.